Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Well Beyond the Arc. I'm Manoli. And I'm Montana. And we have a very special episode for you all today. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to dive into the GOAT debate, the greatest of all time. Even busted out my formal wear for the, for the occasion, Montana. Oh, yeah, me too a little bit. Here we go. <laughs> How are you holding up, buddy? You doing all right? For sure, doing great. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. But before we do, uh, we'll go through our housekeeping items first. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to the Yankee and the Brit Sports Group. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, just hit that bottom left hand thumbs up for us. Uh, hopefully you are joining us on YouTube. You can also catch us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, just catch us everywhere. We're not going anywhere. You can find us. Uh, we Thank you all again for joining us. But before we get into the GOAT debate, a uh, bit of a sad news. I think everyone's heard by now about the passing of Boston Celtics and NBA legend Bill Russell over the weekend on Sunday, actually. Uh, Russell was an 11-time NBA champion, uh, more rings than fingers, five-time league MVP, two-time NCAA champion, a uh, member of the 1956 uh, gold medal U.S. men's Olympic basketball team, and also, uh, most of you remember, a civil rights activist as well. So one of the most respected players and respected men in the history of the game. Um, definitely been be missed, uh, having passed at the age of 88. Rest in peace, Mr. Bill Russell. May your memory be eternal. All right, Montana, let's dive in. I, Bill Russell's one of, one of the people that uh, a lot of people bring up in their top 10, top 15, uh, arguably the greatest winner of all time. But let's talk about what is going into the criteria of who can be considered the greatest basketball player of all time. What are the attributes that person has to be? So when I say the GOAT, what does that look like for you? I mean, honestly, I think that the biggest mistake people make when we look at the GOAT debate is they look at one side of it. They look at accolades or they look at statistics. I think you have to look at both. And the good news is there are so many players that have both the accolades and the statistics that there are plenty of players that we could list off just right now. But I think the biggest mistake people make is they just look at one side of it. And I think that's why some some of those takes, even some of those those big takes from those guys up top, you know, those talking heads, some of those takes are very questionable. Arguably, those are the most questionable because a lot of times they'll only look at one side of it. A lot of those people you see on those debate shows or those sports shows, you know, those daily shows, for example, Undisputed, it's it's never anything other than Michael or LeBron. And I'm, I'm be honest, they're definitely the two that people consider when they're talking about the GOAT, but a lot of those guys only focus in on two players. And there's definitely a couple other names, I think, that are at least up there in the mix. So I think the two biggest mistakes that the, the, especially the talking heads make is one, only focusing on one side, either if that be accolades or statistics, and two, only focusing on two guys. So I think that you have to look at it and from a broader spectrum, different eras, different situations, different, you know, there's a lot of different factors. So I just think factoring in all of those pieces is the only way to really see who the real GOAT is. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. I'll even break it down a little bit further into actual characteristics and a skill set. I completely agree. It's got to be a combination of accolades, awards, and statistics. And a lot of times statistics can be taken out of context, right? Um, and 
Yes. Guys, keep the comments coming as a reminder. Keep the comments coming. See how, how quickly you can crack myself in Montana up here at the bottom. But anyway, uh, I wrote a whole blog on this too, but some of the attributes I think a goat should have, it shouldn't be playing on one side of the court either. You got to be great on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Got to be a type of player that can do everything on the basketball court. Right. We'll talk about maybe the most dominant player, the most the best shooters we've already talked about, best defender, best specialist here and there. But to me, the greatest of all time has to be able to do everything on the basketball court. Um, you mentioned accolades. Winning's got to be a part of that. You can't just be a stat compiler. You got to have rings. You got to have won MVP awards finals MVP awards, defensive player of the year awards, scoring championships, assists, uh, leading the league in assists, leading the re rebound, something. You got to have a resume other than, okay, well, I have you know, a ring. I mean, Robert Ori has about seven rings, but we're not considering him, at least I'm not, in the GOAT conversation, for example. Um, were there any rule changes implemented in, in the game of basketball because of them? Um, is the game different because of, of them, either on a marketing scale or the way the game is played scale? And, you know, one of the, especially here lately, Stephen Curry is one of those guys that has changed the game because guys made shooting cool, especially shooting from well beyond the arc. See what I did there, Montana? And then also, last but not least, well, two things, I'm sorry. One, making their teammates better, at least having the ability to make teammates better, right? Making those around them and being able to lift them up to be able to win and get to that next level. And last thing, when the game is on the line and it's winning time, will your guy come up in the clutch? Can he, is he a clutch player? And who's the more clutch player than some of the other guys that you're debating? So to me, those are the characteristics of someone that needs to be, that has to be considered when you're talking about the greatest of all time. And I definitely agree. I think that we both mentioned it. They don't look at enough of the, you know, all of it together. And like you said, one of the biggest things I don't think we look at is the rule changes. The league is so much different. We look at a player, obviously, RIP, we already mentioned Bill Russell. I mean, that man was getting 50 plus rebounds a game at certain <laughs> in certain games like it was nothing there were all of the you know there were all the they didn't have a three-point line they were the fouls were different everything was so much different that you see a player like that there is no nba player. i don't care how elite they are no one is averaging 50 rebounds a game or even getting a 50 rebound game nowadays no way first of all the minutes are di everything's different the way people play the game the everything the game's faster so everything's different so looking at the GOAT and just looking at one player in a certain era and not looking at it from a broader picture, you know, some people think there's a GOAT in, in each era. That I'm not opposed to looking at it in that way. I think there definitely is a player that's better than all the rest, but I think you can also look at it by era because of just how different each era of the NBA is. Sure, sure. And we're never going to get the chance. I mean, Grant, you can do it on NBA 2K, but in real life, we're never going to see Jerry Russ take on Michael Jordan. You're never going to see LeBron James go up against Larry Bird. You're not going to see Bill Russell or Will Chamberlain go up against Shaq or Tim Duncan or some of the other, uh, and Hakeem Olajuwon. You're not going to see Steph Curry going up against Bob Cousy, not that those guys are a comp, but just to give you an idea of, you know, you're not going to mix eras, right? And there very well could be guys that you can consider, okay, this guy was the greatest of his era, right? And uh, some of the guys that we're going to be mentoring, Michael Jordan, probably the best of his era. LeBron James, probably the best of his era. And so on and so forth. So I think that's a great point you brought up here. Um, a lot of, 
kind of the genesis of why we wanted to do this this debate is it's the heaviest maybe that's not the right word it's the most debated sports subject today by far and usually the conversation is well is it Michael Jordan or LeBron James. It's usually a two-man race, and a lot of that has to do with the media coverage over the last 40 years of the NBA, and most people just remember Michael Jordan and or LeBron James. But let's open up the conversation because I don't think those are the only two guys that can be considered as the greatest of all time, at least getting some votes, if you will. Not saying that those are going to be our picks, but who else should be, in your opinion, Montana, included in consideration for the greatest of all time. We got a couple comments in here, but who, what say you? So I would say looking at an all around player, because again, if we break it down piece by piece, the greatest shooter of, of all time is Stephen Curry. Let's just, I mean that there's no, there's no debating that maybe may, some people would still debate that, but when we look at an, a player overall, just addressing one of our Steph Curry comments, Personally, I do not see Curry. I see Curry as finishing a top 20 player all time when he when it's all said and done. But I do not see him being in the GOAT conversation ever as a whole. I think that he is the greatest shooter of all time, and he's going to go down as one of the winningest point guards of all time and just one of the winningest guards of all time. But looking at it piece by piece, I'm going to knock him out of my any consideration right off the bat. Um, again, we talked about Bill Russell. I mean, 11 championships. He's a champion as a coach. He's a champion as a player. He was just a huge part of pop culture in every era since he played in the NBA. I mean, he has been huge since. Bill Russell's, you know, dominance has has still continued since he retired, which has been so many years ago before I was even anywhere close to being born. So he was, you know, he's been a legend and he's been an icon, but I don't see him as a GOAT either. A player that I can see in that conversation from that time would be Wilt Chamberlain. I really can see Wilt Chamberlain being in the conversation because of how gifted he was as a player. We look at his 100-point game. That was huge. No one is ever going to get, get that again. I really uh, – that's another record that I do not see changing ever. So, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, he had that, you know, champion championship-wise, didn't have a lot of success. You know, he had some success. He's not a player that didn't have any championship success. But, you know, he made it more times than he won. You know, we've seen that plenty of times. But I'd put Will Chamberlain in the discussion. But if I'm going to give one player that I really think should be in the conversation, that's going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That Great man ball. is the Great most – he's not underrated. He's definitely – I mean, he's got the scoring record to this day. That's probably going to change with the next few seasons. That man is a legend. But the thing that detracts me from saying he's the overall GOAT is – he he was an overall player. He had a lot of good, you know, he could both sides of the ball. He was he was a beast and he was, I would say, ahead of his time. But, you know, he lacked a game that was out. You know, we see these centers nowadays that are, you know, putting up those threes and having, you know, more success from, you know, a little bit of range. And he he was never that guy. I mean, he's the all time leading three points or leading scorer, And he made. Not more than, I mean, did he make one, three, two threes? He did not make that many threes. It was all, you know, up close, a couple mid-range, you know, with that sky hook. But for the most part, he didn't have a game that went beyond mid-range. So that kind of knocks him out because his game wasn't as complete as a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant or even a Michael Jordan for that matter. So, you know, complete game on the offensive side, Kareem lacked certain aspects. But on the de on the defensive side, he had it all down. I mean, that man could get down the court like it was nothing. Even his last few years, he was as quick as ever. So, you know, he 
he really is up there for me. The only thing that detracts it for me and for some other people might be his lack of offensive game. He definitely lacks more um, consistency and, you know, more different aspects than like a LeBron James or even a Kobe Bryant. So I think that might be what detracts some people. But for the most part, I mean, six championships, six MVPs, you know, 20 plus seasons, you know, success on more than one organization. Most players only dream of winning one to three championships on one team. He won six. Now, granted, five of those were from the Lakers, but they still got the Bucks their first one. And he was. Yes, he did. People forget how good that man was on the Bucks. Really, he was that was some of his best years when he was a, when he played for the Bucks. So Kareem Abdul Jabbar is up there for me. Um, obviously, I said Wilt Chamberlain kind of makes a push, but those you know, those two guys I think are maybe less talked about in that GOAT debate, especially Kareem is is very much I think he needs to be talked about more. I, I agree, and I think uh, a lot of folks are for almost forgetting and dismissing. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career. Uh, he's still currently the NBA's all-time leading scorer, uh, 38,387 points. Uh, I think for LeBron James is going to beat that at some point next season. I, I agree with a lot of the names that you said. I mean, I broke it down a little differently. I think that, you know, we talked about the late Bill Russell. He's got to be the greatest winner in NBA history, right? You can even argue best team player in NBA history because he wasn't called on to score. He scored probably about around 20 points a game. But you mentioned his rebounding. He was one of the fiercest defensive players of his era. They didn't even count block shots back when Bill Russell played. Imagine how many blocks he would have had if you went back and counted as an actual statistic that Bill Russell had. I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon the all-time leader in NBA history, but if they were counting it, it would definitely be Bill Russell. Um put him down as arguably the best defender for that reason, right? Uh, you have the best statistics in NBA history. You said it yourself, you know, not, don't just measure accolades and, and statistics individually. You got to put them together. LeBron James is probably going to be the best, have the best statistical career in NBA history, right? Best score in NBA history. You can say Wilk, you can see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but Michael Jordan has the and still has the highest points per game average of anyone in NBA history. So I put Michael Jordan as the best scorer in NBA history. Best shooter, we already talked about Steph Curry and the way he's changed the game. Now, for a lot of the reasons you said, I don't put him as above any of those guys. He's definitely in the conversation, don't get me wrong. But while his defense has improved, you're never going to see, probably will never see Stephen Curry on an all-defensive team or one defensive player of the year, right? Um, he's done some of the things that some of those other guys have done, lead the league in scoring, MVPs, championships, finally got his finals MVP. But has he done that more than the other guys that we mentioned? No. Most dominant in NBA history? I put it as a tie from between Wilt Chamberlain and Shaquille O'Neal. If I had to give the edge to someone, I'd give it to Wilt because they expanded the paint because of Wilt Chamberlain. He was getting so deep, it just wasn't fair uh, for Wilt Chamberlain, right? Um, and one guy that we haven't mentioned too much about is Kobe Bean Bryant. Now, a lot of people dismiss Kobe Bryant as the GOAT because, well, he won his first three rings with Shaq, and Shaq's arguably the most dominant player in NBA history. But he did win two more without Shaq. Granted, he had Paul Gasol and some, a bevy of other great good players around him, including Ron Artest, Derek Fisher, guys of that nature, right? And Andrew Bynum had a borderline all-star season or two with the Lakers that second go-around. But... Kobe Bryant was basically a 
Michael Jordan clone and maybe even took it up to a different level. As far as the toughest shot maker in NBA history, I got to give it to Kobe Bryant because some of those shots that he took, granted, mid-range fadeaways with three guys in his face or would go up and drive against three or four guys and still get him to go and get and ones. Kobe Bryant, for me, toughest shot maker in NBA history. I just don't know if I put any of those guys above the two guys that are being debated heavily today in Michael Jordan, LeBron James, for me. But I think all of those guys should have some sort of vote Yes, our shooter is not just a mid-range shooter, but yeah, three-point shooter, best three-point shooter of all time debate. The great question, Nick. Um, but yeah, I mean, all those guys should have a seat at the table when you're talking about the GOAT. But then there's one tier, and then there's actually that tier between those two guys that we're going to get into in a little bit. So I don't know if we missed anybody, Montana. I think we covered most of the guys that we should, that you know, in our in our bucket there of uh, outside of the two main guys. I would say the only two other players that I would throw around in that mix would be Magic Johnson and uh, Larry Bird. I think oh, those two course. guys are they're in the conversation. The only thing with them is also, obviously, you know, Magic Johnson. I'm not going to say a lot of his success was because he played with Kareem, but I'm going to give a little bit more of that pull in that GOAT conversation between Magic and Kareem to Kareem, just because of the, you know, that man owned before, you know, before we got to the nine, the mid late nineties, two thousands, that guy had almost all of those records, you know, with, with, he had so many Kareem. The reason Kareem is, is I think a tier above some of these guys we've talked about is because he had so many records. He did so much statistically and with accolades. So I'm going to give him that pole above magic, but Larry bird. I mean, that man was around for the longest time and he was great up until he retired. So we've got to throw his name out there. He's definitely in my top 10 players all time, but again, we've got these players. Then we've got, you know, the top few guys up top. So Larry Bird and Magic definitely aren't those top two, but I would say Larry Bird and Magic, we have to shout him out at least a little bit in this. Absolutely. I think I committed a basketball sin by forgetting about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Two guys that in some ways were mirror mirror images of each other in the 80s, always seemed to score off against each other in the finals in the 80s. Arguably were the guys that saved the NBA. You wouldn't have that big sonic boom takeoff of uh, NBA world marketing of Michael Jordan. And then later on Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, if it wasn't for magic Johnson and Larry bird. And those two guys hit all the criteria that we're hitting that we, we talked about being all around players, making their teams better winning, um, doing it both the both ends of the quarter. Although I don't know if you consider magic Johnson as elite defender, but good team defender, I guess. Right. Uh, but did they do it? as much as some of the other guys that we're going to be mentioning here a little bit. We shall see. Well, we're going to get into our favorite game here a little earlier than usual. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of NBA player or uh, those loyal followers of our well beyond the arc know how the game is played, but I'm going to go through the rules and how the game is played anyway. Every week I give Montana the name of five individuals and he needs to tell me, whether or not they are a current or former NBA player or someone from a different pr- profession. Last week, we had a little bit of a Greek flavor on the program uh, by S- Montana guessing whether or not that person was a former NBA player or Greek singer. And Montana, to his credit, went four for five. That, that second five for five is still eluding him. Maybe this is the week. Maybe it's not. We'll see. But uh, Montana, how confident are you feeling today? I'm going five for five. I already know. 
You can't get much more confident than that, folks. Today's topic, don't worry, I'm not going on another ethnic group singer for you. Today's topic, and I don't know how much you are into the culinary arts, Montana, how much you love food, but today's topic is NBA player or famous celebrity chef. I might do all right. I feel kind of okay. confident about this one, actually. This might be my one I go five for five in. No okay. problem. Okay. Well, uh, just as a reminder, every time I ask Montana whether or not it's an NBA player or someone else, if Montana gets the question right, you will hear the sound. Victory! Thank you, Johnny Drama. And if Montana gets it incorrect, you will hear this sound. <laughs> And according to Montana, we will not hear that sound today. So not even not at all. All right. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Name number one. Montana, is this an NBA player or the name of a famous celebrity chef? The name is Alton Brown. Celebrity Alton. chef. Boom. That's either the quickest or second quickest you've ever answered uh, a question here on NBA player or and if that's any indication, folks, he might go five for five tonight. We'll see. All right. Name number two. Is this an NBA player or famous celebrity chef? The name is Kenrick Williams. I'm going to go with basketball player victory <laughs> that would be a good choice sir kenrick williams a current nba player i think that might be the first current nba player we've had in the contest here currently with the oklahoma city thunder also played with the new orleans pelicans has averaged 6.5 points per game in his brief career 200 career games Alton Brown, also creator of Food Network's Good Eats. We forgot to mention that because Montana answered it so quickly. I forgot that I probably should say who the hell that guy is. But he's not an NBA player, and this is an NBA podcast, so who cares? All right. Name number three, Montana. Is this gentleman an NBA player or famous celebrity chef? The name is Vitaly Potapenko. Vitaly Potapenko. Wow, this one's a little tricky. I'm going to go with NBA player. Victory! You would be correct. Vitaly Potapenko played in the NBA from 1996 to 2007 with a number of teams, including the Cleveland Cavaliers, Boston Celtics, Seattle Supersonics, Sacramento Kings. He, too, averaged a career well, a career average of 6.5 points per game, but did it over 610 games. All right, three for three. The tension and the, the pressure's back. on. Whew. All yes. right. Yes. Name number four. Is this individual an NBA player or famous celebrity chef? The name is Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez. I'm going to go with celebrity chef. Victory! He's four for four, everybody. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, Aaron Hernandez. That's a pretty <laughs> slip. <laughs> Put that to the blooper reel. Aaron Sanchez. 
<laughs> Famous Mexican American celebrity chef, current host of Master Chef and Master Chef Junior. All right. Whew. Four for four. You got me flustered on that one, Montana. I flustered myself. All right. Will he do it, folks? Will he get that five for five? Is this an NBA player or celebrity chef, Montana? The name is John Crotty. John Crotty. Oh, my gosh. Um, I could go either way on this one, but I'm going to go with chef. Oh, it's worse than going over five. Oh, I'd rather go over five than, oh my God. Oh. Two weeks in a row, but it, I'm, uh, I'm shocked I got four out of five last week. Hey, well, so, we got to go through, we got to go through who John Crotty is. Obviously he is an NBA player played in the NBA from 1992 to 2003. Name him to the old pest team. He played 477 career games with the Utah jazz, Detroit Pistons, Cleveland Cavaliers, Miami heat, Portland trailblazers, Seattle supersonics, Denver nuggets, yeah, not going to lie, everybody. I was kind of looking at my hat with the NBA logo, hoping Montana would catch it. But um, I tried to cheat. We couldn't do it. <laughs> but normally oh. we don't do that because we are a reputable program here on the Internet. But anyway, Montana, great, great job. Another four for five, two weeks in a row. That brings your total to 46 of 65. I'll take it. Still way up than he is down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brain Smoke. I hit him <laughs> with Aaron Hernandez. That's that, why I missed the last one. That's because you, you know threw what? me it's, off so much with It's that my one. fault. It's it's all my fault. <laughs> and, and you know what? I blame Aaron Hernandez for this miss of, four, of, of five for five. All right. I think we need to get our bearings reset for a second. So we'll pause here for a word from the Yankee and the Brit. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jay from Yankee and the Brit telling you to come over and check out our shows. The Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk, Well Beyond the Arc, The Markout Podcast, Flagrant and Foul, Real Talk with Jay, and MMA Underground Weekly at YouTube backslash The Yankee and the Brit. Deuces. I can't believe I said Aaron Hernandez. Man. <laughs> yeah, I blamed Aaron Hernandez, Ghost. You're right. You're 100% right. Uh, well, we went through... A number of guys who should be in the GOAT conversation, but a lot of what I see these days, I'm sure Montana, you hear it, talking heads talk about all the time, is two guys. It's LeBron James and Michael Jordan. It seems like the, the those are the only two guys that can be in the GOAT debate. Um, a lot of guys passionately argue this. I hear some of the, the, the chats I see the, the phrase facts over feelings all the time. So we're going to sit here and provide the facts, but we're going to make an argument for both LeBron James as the GOAT and Michael Jordan as the GOAT. And then we'll close with both Montana and I giving our individual picks. We wanted to give at least half the show here because our picks might not be LeBron James or Michael Jordan. It might be somebody else. Who knows? You'll just have to stick around and with us and find out. But Montana, let's make the argument that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. Let's go through his resume. If someone was to say, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. Why would you say, why would somebody say that? 
So if we talk about a player that's achieved both statistics and accolades, that's LeBron James. I think that LeBron James, to me, if I'm trying to look at him versus Michael Jordan, I think that statistically, to me, he is a little bit more statistically great than Michael Jordan. A big thing with that is LeBron's game is really all around. And that's not saying Michael Jordan's wasn't all around. Obviously, he was an animal on both sides of the ball. He was the defensive player of the year. You know, he was great on both sides of the ball. But LeBron has been more consistent. We kind of saw Michael Jordan fall, not fall off, but his defense wasn't as great as it was earlier, you know, as a, you know, later versus earlier, his defense fell off. LeBron James has been battling some injuries his last few seasons. This last season, we had kind of saw LeBron's defense fall off just a little bit. But for the most part, LeBron has been consistent on both sides of the ball his whole career. So consistency for LeBron is a huge argument. You know, a four-time champion. But the problem with those four-time champion, you know, he also has lost more than he has won when it comes to the finals. And people don't like how that looks. And I don't, I don't blame them. He... His finals record doesn't look great, but every single time LeBron James has been in the playoffs, he has gone crazy. It doesn't matter if he's out in the first round like he was his last go-round in the playoffs against the Suns, or if they make it to the finals and then they lose like those plenty of lost seasons, you know, with those Warriors versus Cavs when the Cavs would dominate the regular season show up, see Kevin Durant, all those guys, and didn't have enough to throw at them. So, But LeBron James, between all of that, you know, whether it's been – a season even like last season, he was averaging he was averaging so much for the age he is and the league that we are at now. The fact that he could average that still, and arguably his offense is actually starting to pick up. We see him shooting more threes and making more threes. We see him with more mid-range. He's always had that. But LeBron is kind of an all-around guy, in my opinion. And that's not saying a player like Michael Jordan isn't great on defense and isn't great. You know, we've seen him drill those really clutch threes. We've seen Jordan do that. But I think when we talk about the all-around player, I think I give that to LeBron. And it's not just statistically. We've also seen him make a lot of those teams that aren't great, great. We have seen him take a team. This is what kind of really pushes it for me. And it's not even really a statistic as much as it's just something you can look at and see. I mean, this is – it is something – it's a record thing. The Cavs, LeBron's last season – made it to the, to the you know, blew through the regular season, even despite that roster lacking so much depth. I mean, that it was like LeBron and then a bunch of role players. That is exactly what that team was. LeBron leaves that team, and they only won 20 games the next season. And it was the exact same team almost, just without LeBron. The impact LeBron has on teams is what really sets him apart from Michael Jordan, in my opinion. And that's not to say Michael Jordan doesn't have a good impact on teams. I mean, six championships looks pretty damn good, if you ask me. Six for six is pretty is pretty solid. But LeBron makes these teams that aren't great, great. And we have seen him pull ridiculous, not even eighth seed teams to the playoffs. His first time as a Cav making the finals, it was with a bunch of guys that I don't think I could sit here and tell you who the other guys on his team were. I could, I'd have to Google almost every single one of those names. So the greatness of LeBron is that LeBron, the greatness of LeBron is what he has done for those teams that shouldn't even be in the conversation of teams that are great. He has made not great teams. Great. 
And so in my opinion, that's what sets him apart is his consistency and his efficiency on both sides of the ball. And then also just how great of an impact he has, because again, we have seen him make those not great teams. Great. Even last season, he was the highlight of that Lakers team. And he got so heavily criticized for going out and shooting as much as he was and scoring as much as he was. And they said that he was just putting up all those points to try to, you know, pass Kareem. But what else were they going to do? They weren't going to win. AD was out. They The only way they had a chance in any of those games was if LeBron was on the court. So, you know, it, he he's very heavily criticized, but his greatness is so much overshadowed by that criticism that I just think he doesn't get a fair overview of everything he has done great because that man has done almost everything you can want to do in the NBA. And the only thing that he has left to do is play a game with his son, play a season or two with his son, and then he's done it all. So LeBron James has definitely done almost everything you can want to do as an NBA player, if not more. So I think his greatness is more than just winning championships. I think his greatness spreads out. And that's why I think the talking heads don't look at that. You know, we'll hear we'll hear Skip Bales just say, look at his finals record. Look at this. I mean, Skip Bales will, will say anything bad about LeBron. He'll criticize what LeBron had for breakfast in the morning. Let's just be honest. Skip Bales Ugh. is getting paid. Most of what he is is just, I love the Cowboys. I hate LeBron. That's what, that's what that man is. So, but no. So I don't think the talking heads give, I don't know. I don't think the talking heads give him enough credit and I don't think a lot of people give LeBron the credit he deserves for the greatness that he has made a lot of other players look like they have when they do not he has made players look he made Larry Nance look pretty damn good you know he made Jordan Clarkson look pretty he, he's made a lot of players look good so the only player he can't seem to make look good is Russell Westbrook but maybe that'll change so I think my biggest argument for him is his consistency and his efficiency and just the greatness that he has given a bunch of players and a bunch of teams and organizations in his time in the league yeah, there, there, there's a lot to unpack with, with LeBron James, obviously. And, you know, I'm going to make my arguments for LeBron and, and, and Michael Jordan here. I'm going to hold my criticisms and my arguments on, you know, assuming that's who I pick uh, here at the end. But I'm just going to give my arguments for, for LeBron James here. And the guy has put a career stat line together like no one in the history of the NBA. He, by the time his career is done, he could be, a guy with 40,000 career points, 10,000 plus career rebounds, and 10,000 career assists. That is insane. No one's gotten 10,000 career rebounds and 10,000 career assists being the same player. No one's done that. He's played for, he's going, I think he's going into his uh, 20th season, if I'm not mistaken. Guy's still able to be one of the top players in the NBA, even at now, granted, he came straight out of high school. But speaking of that, he's probably the most hyped player to come into the NBA high school or college ever, especially out of high school. And probably the most productive high school player in his rookie year, if you will, going from high school, transitioning straight into the NBA. Uh, won the Rookie of the Year award. Granted, there, some can argue that he stole that Rookie of the Year award winner from Carmelo Anthony, but that's a different story. He's taken three different franchises to NBA championships, that being the Miami Heat, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to go a step back. He took the Cleveland Cavaliers of all teams in professional sports and led them to an NBA championship. They, Cleveland hadn't won anything since the 60s. And they've gotten, I mean, the Indians have gotten the World Series. The Browns, don't even get me started with the Cleveland Browns. That's a different story for a different type of show. But 
the fact that LeBron James took a Cleveland sports team to an NBA title, he'll always be a legend, especially in Cleveland, just for that, right? He's been he's had some very very efficient seasons, uh, especially with his years with the Miami Heat, where he he was part of the big three there with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Um, some high field goal percentage seasons. He's been able to improve facets facets of his game, primarily three point shooting along the way. He's been a great defender. He's been great on the offensive side. One of the highest basketball IQs in the history of the game. Makes his teammates better, that's for sure. Will make the right play. Doesn't force up a lot of bad shots. He'll look to pass to an open teammate rather than put up some shots. But again, that's a different argument for another time. Um, And yeah, he took a 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers team to the NBA Finals. I can name a few guys from that squad, but that's just because I'm a basketball junkie. I'm sick in the head like that. He also took, I believe it was a 2019 or is it 2018 Cavs? His last year with the Cavs, I think it was 2018 Cavs. Um, didn't really have much other star, star power. I mean, he had a crazy run to the NBA Finals only to lose to the Golden State Warriors, but they were outmatched there. Um, probably the most athletic player that we've ever seen in the NBA. Um, it's 6'8", 6'9", 250, 260, 270, whatever his real weight is. He's probably a guy that can play all five positions in today's NBA game, bigger, faster, stronger than anybody else. Um, I mean, what more can you say? He also took NBA teams. He also led NBA teams to eight straight NBA finals appearances. Didn't win them all, but eight straight NBA finals. That hasn't been done since the days of the late Bill Russell, right? Um, He's done everything you can do in this league. All-star MVPs. He's led the league in in assists. He's led the league in scoring. I think he's one or two seasons there. Average 30 points per game. Average 10 uh, assists per game. MVPs. He's got four of those. All-star game MVPs. He's got another three of those. All-NBA teams. All-NBA defensive teams. I mean, the guy's resume is like a scroll. Um, But... The fact that he hits all the criteria of an all-around player, making his teammates better, doing it on both ends of the floor, um, winning, right? Changing the game a little bit, not in the same ways that some of the other players have, but he's arguably the best player of his generation. And because he's been along for around for such a long time, I can see that as an argument for making LeBron James as the GOAT. If someone was to come and say, oh, LeBron's the GOAT, I wouldn't say that's a bad pick, obviously. Um just make a good argument. And I'll say that for any of these guys, right? Any of the guys that we've mentioned, I wouldn't say, okay, that's a bad pick, but make your argument, right? So that to me is what the argument for LeBron James being the GOAT. Now let's shift over to the second guy. We're going in alphabetical order. LeBron L becomes before M and we'll go to Michael Jordan. So Montana, if somebody comes to to you and says, well, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. What makes Michael Jordan the greatest of all time? Assuming that's the way you go. I mean, one of the biggest things that he did was win. That That's really all Jordan cared about was winning. And the fact that he could go and and win as consistently as he did, especially in the 90s, people forget how – and, of course, I wasn't around to see this, but I've watched plenty of games on YouTube and plenty of, you know, clips. The, the 90s NBA is different. You know, the 80s is when the, the NBA really woke up and we had those guys headline it and, you know, bring it back. But the 90s is where it was at. And LeBron – or, excuse me, Michael Jordan – Still thinking about LeBron, I guess. No, Michael Jordan was doing what a lot of teams were unable to do in that era, which was just 
win consistently. Obviously, never lost in the finals. And that statistic right there is a huge thing you'll hear those talking heads talk about is he never lost in the finals. I do agree that is great. That is a statistic that a lot of players, and, and I don't think we'll ever see another player make it to that many finals and win all of them. I just do not think we will see that kind of dominance again, that kind of consistency. We may see another player win six plus, but I do not think they will win, make six, win six. I think we could, we, they could make eight, win six, but I don't think, I don't think we're going to see another player be perfect like we saw Michael Jordan be. Another thing about Michael Jordan is he's the only player to be a 10 times scoring champ in history. That shows that even though he was not putting up, you know, huge numbers that put him at, you know, number one in the scoring list all time, he is the only person to score like he scored. He would score regular season and postseason and dominate like it was nothing. There was nobody that could outscore him, especially when it came to postseason play. Another statistic, arguably the one that shows just how insane he was in the postseason, is the 270 opponents that he faced head-to-head in the playoffs, only one outmatched him statistically. There was only one opponent that he went head-to-head in in the playoffs that ever outmatched him statistically. That statistic is insane. You will never see even a player like you know Kevin Durant he has been outmatched in the playoffs. Michael Jordan was only outmatched by one player. And that statistic in and of itself is ridiculous because, you know, we've also heard the, the argument against Jordan, like, oh, he was going up against plumbers, McDonald's workers. He was not. People forget how consistent and how aggressive that basketball was in the 90s. And so when people throw that argument out, it really sh- it's not an argument at all. Michael Jordan was going up against Charles Barkley. He was going up against Carl Malone. He was going to, uh, you know, if you want to discredit the regular season, some of the players he went up against, that's fine. But when it came to the playoffs, especially the finals, he was not going up against plumbers and McDonald's workers. He was going up against NBA legends and a lot of NBA legends that some people would consider in that top 100 list. So Jordan was going up against the best of the best and could just not be beat. You know, he also has the most trophies in NBA history between all the different kinds of trophies there are. He's got a whole different array of trophies. We've seen him, you know, defensive player of the year, MVP, finals MVP. I mean, he's got the most between finals MVPs and regular season MVPs combined. The amount of things this man accomplished, statistics aside, because yes, he's a great player statistically, but what he did when it came to winning awards and winning championships is unmatched. I don't think we will ever see a player be as consistent and as driven as Michael Jordan. We saw one other, but that would be Kobe Bryant. And you see some of the way he played, and it was pretty similar to Jordan in a lot of ways, especially in his younger days. So Jordan was just a just the best there was nobody you know he was a three-time steel leader that shows that he was both sides of the ball two-time minute leader he the amount of things he has the list goes on and on you know we talk about lebron and his scroll of accolades but jordan is right up there with him with with that scroll i mean it is just the things these two men accomplished are sure ridiculous and that's why there's that's why they're up here is because of the it's because of those things but to me jordan was a winner and i think that that looks pretty darn good when we're talking about who we think the greatest of all time is because when we're talking about who was the the player that could get it done and that could win no matter what that would be jordan we saw time in and time out and it didn't matter who he was playing against he was the best on the court whenever he was on the court so i think that that's a huge thing for him and and he could 
hoop. He could score. He could do it all. People seem to just kind of look at him and think about him like the player that just won six reigns. That's kind of what the argument against him is. People just look at him like, you know, he had great teams. He had all that help. LeBron did it with no help, this and that. But Jordan came to that Bulls team when they were nothing. They were not a great team when he came there. And and that nope. team was built around him. He came there on a fine team, but it wasn't anything special. They were not an NBA champion team when he got there. And then when he left there his last season, they were an NBA championship team and an NBA championship dynasty. So Jordan's impact was insane. And to be six for six, that's a huge thing right there. And I think that between that you know, and and the fact that only one opponent outmatched him in the playoffs, those two things in and of itself just put him a step above the rest for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said there, Montana. I mean, I'll take it a step further as, you know, we're talking about it. Everybody talks about the six rings. Michael Jordan talks about the six rings, but he, he didn't just win six rings. I mean, I don't want to downplay six championships, which are more than a lot of the guys that we mentioned, same as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Granted, no one's touching Bill Russell's 11, but not only did he win six rings, he's got five MVPs. He's got six finals MVPs, right? He's got 10 scoring titles. He's led the league in steals. He is one of the, I think he's the only player in NBA history to win a scoring title and a defensive player of the year uh, award in the same season. In fact, I believe he won the MVP and defensive player in the war in that same season. He's only one of a handful of guys that do that. I've most recently, uh, Yanis Adetokounmpo. So a scoring title, MVP, and the NBA defensive player. Are you kidding me? Yeah, all in the same season. When I talked about LeBron James, like, you know, him taking Cleveland, of all teams, to the NBA championship, that's the way the Chicago Bulls franchise was looked at before LeBron James got there, too. And you mentioned that, if, if anybody on here can name six players in the 84, 85 uh, Chicago Bulls roster without Googling it, I'd be very impressed. Uh, a lot of those teams, even the earlier, you know, everybody likes to knock Jordan for getting, you know, knocked out in the first round. He didn't have any help. Uh, other than Charles Oakley and, as, as a rookie in 85, 86, he didn't, and before Scottie Pippen, before Horace Grant, before they built a team around him, which before everybody, you know, pipes up for LeBron. LeBron didn't have anybody either, and they built a team around him as well. Um, or he went and joined teams, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, I mean, th- th- Michael Jordan was the only reason the Bulls were in those games. He willed the Bulls to a lot of those wins, even before 91, their first championship run. Um, you know, they ran into the Pistons a couple times. You know, they're the only barrier going up against uh, getting the NBA finals for him. You know, the guy was a top scorer. Last time I checked, the object of basketball is to score more points than your opponent. Nobody did that better than Michael Jordan. And he did it in an era where it was tougher to score. You had a more physical game. You know, you had the the Pistons coming out with the Jordan rules. He would be double and triple team. Granted, Kobe Bryant was too. But every NBA team knew what was coming with Michael Jordan, and they couldn't stop him. That's how great he was. You had a guy like Larry Bird, who was in our top 10 NBA player discussion. One of the guys that we mentioned, probably, you know, one of the top 10 guys that would receive, if you will, GOAT votes, right? He once said that Michael Jordan was God disguised as Michael Jordan. That's high praise from coming from a high player like that as well. I mean, what, what other accolades can I give you guys? He could make his teammates better. He wasn't famous for doing that, but it doesn't mean that he couldn't do that. I mean, John Paxson got a name for that in the 91 finals, especially in the fourth quarter when Jordan was getting double and triple teamed by the Lakers. 
Phil Jackson challenged him. Okay, what are you going to do, Michael? Who's open? And he made the correct play. He passed out to John Paxson. People forget that Michael Jordan averaged 10 assists per game over the course of an NBA Finals. He had 20-some triple-doubles, which back in the 90s seemed like a lot. It's nothing today. Guys get that in a season, it seems like. But he did have the ability to rebound and pass. In fact, when he had to play point guard for about 11-game stretch in the late 80s, early 90s, he had triple-doubles in 10 of 11 games, including eight straight games with a triple-double. In an era where big men filled up the lanes and weren't letting guards get to the boards and get double-digit rebound games, Jordan was doing that. Even his biggest weakness outside shooting, towards the last few years of his career, Michael Jordan proved that. He developed his game from being an athletic, you know, drive to the basket every single time guy to I'll drive sometimes and then develop this low post turnaround jumper, which was just as lethal as any other weapon that anybody in the NBA had done, a la Kareem Skyhook. Now, granted, Kareem Skyhook probably was a little bit more lethal, but I don't know a lot of guys that were able to defend Michael Jordan's turnaround fadeaway jumper there. Um, There's some teams that Michael Jordan led that weren't very, we'll say, sexy, right? Let's look at his final year with the Bulls. Scottie Pippen was out half the year. Dennis Rodman was basically AWOL for half the year. Um, even when AWOL go to Las Vegas, if you guys remember from the last dance, Michael Jordan single-handedly got that team through the regular season until Pippen got back, until Rodman decided he wanted to come back and play. And even in the playoffs, that wasn't the same Bulls teams that you saw won the other five championships. In fact, in game six, the game six clinching win in Utah, Michael Jordan single-handedly carried that Bulls team. Scottie Pippen, Barely contributed with a bad back. Dennis Rodman was too busy, you know, getting tangled up with Carl Malone all the time. Michael Jordan got that Bulls team their sixth championship. So, you know, the arguments for LeBron, you know, taking these teams with scrubs to the finals, good arguments, but it's not like Michael Jordan didn't do that. So both of these guys did similar things. It's like, who did more of what? Um, so that would be my main arguments for, oh, and Michael Jordan was, I think, I don't have the numbers in front of me, how many times he was on the all-defensive team. I think I think he was more in LeBron. I think he doubled up LeBron, NBA all-defensive team. Um, I think he was something around 12. I forgot about the exact number until LeBron's five or six. But just throwing that out there, he was dominant on both ends of the, the floor. He had a nickname in the league, Black Cat, because he was that quick to be able to get in the passing lanes. Um had seasons where he had 100-plus blocks and 100-plus steals in the same season, including his Defensive Player of the Year season. So a lot of different things. He hits all the categories, and he had the clutch gene. When Michael Jordan was playing, there wasn't anybody you feared more at the end of the game than you did with Michael Jordan with the ball in his hands. And most of the time, he delivered, especially in that game six in Utah. So that's my argument for Michael Jordan as the GOAT. So now we've hit the guys that are most commonly debated but now montana let's give our picks our individual picks for the goat and why so by all means i'll let you go first all right so i'm gonna have to say i i was i was going through those top two guys and obviously definitely deserving of being in the conversation by far the most talked about but i'm gonna have to go with kareem abdul jabbar I think that I know I kind of was cri- was critical and, and said that he lacked certain aspects of his offensive game. 
But what we also have to remember is the three-point line was not as utilized, especially in his earlier days. It wasn't something that was considered. It wasn't something in college. I don't even, it didn't, he didn't even have a three-point line. So the three-point line aspect that I brought up and lacking that certain, you know, part of the game, it also was sort of an era difference as well. And the fact that that man is the number one scorer in NBA history and only shot one three-pointer, just imagine when he did, you know, just imagine, just imagine that. That's just something that is mind blowing. So, but obviously, we don't want to look at the what ifs, you know, the, we want to look at the stats and the facts. And that man was a six time champion, a six time MVP, a two time scoring champion, one time rebound leader, four time block leader, 19 time all star, 15 time all NBA select. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. That man had accomplished legitimately everything. And I want to give my main reason that I put him above LeBron and above. Jordan and my main reason that I put him above those guys and it's not by a lot they're they're here he's like right there he's just a little bit above them they're, he's not way up here he's just right above them the reason to me he's right above them is not only did he accomplish the winning side the accolades like I mentioned just a, a small portion of what he accomplished he's accomplished way more than what I could even mention but he accomplished that and then he also won six NBA championships. And yes, he went to the NBA finals more than six times, but he did not go that many more times than six. I believe he went eight times. So out of eight times, he won six championships. And those statistics are pretty solid. And I might be wrong. It might have been more like 10, but I, I don't – it wasn't yeah, more than all, 10. Yeah. It, I don't think it was more than, than 10 finals appearances. So that man – in my opinion, not only is the most underrated person on that list, in my opinion, he also is the GOAT because he accomplished the stats and the accolades. And that's not saying LeBron James and Jordan haven't didn't accomplish both, but Kareem is just a little step above. And that scoring title is one of those biggest – that's that biggest thing to me is how long that has stood. There is no – I mean, the fact that no player has gotten that yet is – is I mean, it's a crazy stat, and no one thought that was ever going to be broken – but it's just the fact that it has stood that long just shows the greatness of Kareem. So I've got to give my goat my goat pick to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So no disrespect to those other picks because, again, Jordan and LeBron are just right below him for me. But I've got to give it to Kareem. Okay. A solid pick. I mean, I, it's, uh, you make a good argument there. Like I said, any of these guys that we talk about, I don't necessarily would dismiss them or say that's a bad pick because these guys are in the top ten as far as – top 10 best players in the NBA. Um, I don't know if Kareem's in the majority in that vote, but you make a good argument. For me, I know I, I, we talked about it before. You know, we've had some comments here about, you know, guys that have changed the game. That's only one part of being a GOAT, right? Um, you know, Steph Curry, Montana, you get the, the <laughs> smoke's not going to like my comments either here. And I, I see you bringing smoke. You're talking about Steph Curry changing the game, which you're 100% right, the greatest shooter of all time. But does he do everything else better than some of the other guys on this list? By far, Steph Curry's the best shooter. Bill Russell's the best, the greatest winner. We already talked about that. But does he do a lot of the same things? Can he handle the ball? Was he an outside shooter? Um, things of that nature. Will Chamberlain dominant and was has the second highest points per game average in, in the history of the game. Him and Shaq are the most dominant for me. Um, LeBron James, I said it again, will go down having the best statistics in of anybody's career that's played in the NBA for sure for me. And this is probably not a surprise to most that follow the show, but for me, 
the greatest of all time is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And here's why. I put him, for me, it's Jordan LeBron. And the gap is not very big. Now, if LeBron comes out, let me let me take a step back. There's six and zero versus four and six. A lot of people argue, well, hey, he went to the finals more times than Michael Jordan. He had more chances to win. He took teams that were lesser teams to the NBA Finals. Great, but it's not all about participate. You don't get a participation trophy if you lose the NBA Finals. You got to win. If you're going to be the greatest, you're not supposed to lose. Not saying you never lose, but He's lost more than he's won there. Four. To me, 6-0 and is greater than 4-6. and six. No doubt about it. And again, this isn't to rip LeBron James or any of the guys that we're mentioning here. I just think Jordan did everything better. Yes, Jeffrey was his middle name. That's right. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He was a better scorer. I think Jordan was a better defender. And most importantly, the man was a better competitor. If I had to pick one person, and this is a life or death situation to win me an NBA game in their prime. Am I taking Michael Jordan or am I taking LeBron James? That's that's where it came down to for me. And I think Jordan has more of that dog in him, right? We, we talked about that a few times. He's more of that competitor. Not saying that LeBron James doesn't compete. Of course he competes. And of course he's out there to win. But Jordan would do whatever it took and dig the, that just that little much deeper in, in order to win. I mean, Michael Jordan competed for slam dunk titles. Something as simple as a slam dunk co- competition at All-Star Weekend. You kept hearing rumors about LeBron James doing it. And LeBron James probably easily would have won. But why did he never compete in a slam dunk competition, right? You don't have, you don't see LeBron James winning an NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Granted, I get the writers vote for that. But maybe enough of the writers see something there, right, to have that done. I think the total body of work that Michael Jordan has done and granted, we'll even talk about the wizards. And I don't even think that was a black guy in his career. Granted, he came back after being out for three seasons and was still an all-star caliber player. Granted, if LeBron James keeps playing and stays healthy, he'll probably pass Jordan up in some of those records. An oldest guy to do this oldest guy, which Jamal Crawford is the oldest to score 50 in a game, barely, but LeBron James might get those records one day. But as we sit here today, even when LeBron James passes up Kareem for most points, that's what we talk about statistics being taken out of context. You got to look at the per game averages. Michael Jordan played 15 years in the NBA. LeBron James is going on year 20. Was LeBron James more efficient? Sure. But Jordan gave you more at the same time per game as well. Never took plays off. Jordan also was one that played 82 games in almost every season, unless other than his second year when he's out with a broken foot, or if he was suspended for a game for, I don't know, I think fighting Vernon Maxwell, for example, I think was one year or in Reggie Miller and things of that nature. Um, but I, I think just, you know, that competitive nature to me, it, it, it was Michael Jordan. I put Michael Jordan as my goat today. It's not to say that LeBron James can never be the goat. Cause that wouldn't be right. If LeBron James, for me, LeBron to, for LeBron James to be the GOAT, it's got to be like Tom Brady when he overtook Peyton Manning and some of those other great NFL quarterbacks. When he won that much more, there was no way you can dispute Tom Brady being the GOAT. At least most people consider Tom Brady as the GOAT. If LeBron James wins those two more championships, at least – then you really can't argue. He's got all the stats. He's got the wins. He's got more finals. He's right there with Jordan rings. 
then I think he can be the GOAT. But today, I still have Michael. And that's honest, and that's a solid pick. That to me, if, if I was if I was listing those guys in order, I would I would have Kareem in second would be Michael and third would be LeBron. And and again, I think the thing that we need to remember is LeBron isn't done yet. Like you said, LeBron still has time. My only thinking is if LeBron is more concerned about the legacy finishing with playing with his son, then he might not be as focused on on winning more championships. And as of now, he's made it. Again, as a Lakers fan, I'm not a LeBron fan, I'm a Lakers fan. Some of his commitment to other things such as Space Jam 2 and other stuff, it just it doesn't really seem like he's as focused as he was when he was a Cav. And again, it's because of where he's at as a player. He has accomplished all this stuff. He is just trying to enjoy himself and get in that Hollywood scene. Good for him. Good yeah, I agree. I agree. Great for him. It's just we don't know what to expect from these last few last few. We don't even know how many seasons he's going to play. I give him at least four. I can see him in for another four. But I would say I would definitely say that I think that LeBron isn't done yet. And that's why we can't quite count him out completely yet, because he's the one player that still has more, to, you know, more to do. He's the one that can yeah. still get more done. So that's yeah. that's the thing with LeBron. He could be up there for both of us eventually. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the only guy in the conversation that still has a chance to control his own destiny and be able to, to add on to his, his legacy and his career. And, you know, you mentioned Space Jam too. I mean, Michael Jordan did Space Jam. Michael Jordan was a businessman with his Jordan line as well. So it's not like Jordan wasn't distracted either. However, now granted, my preference is Space Jam 1. I didn't particularly like Space Jam 2 as much as Space Jam 1. So that's another reason Jordan's a goat for me. But anyway, um, the last a couple things I, I forgot to mention on the, the Jordan versus LeBron for me. Jordan did have help. So did LeBron, though. Jordan had Scottie Pippen. He had Horace Grant. He made John Paxson a household name with, with John Paxson's clutch shooting in the 91 finals and then you know the, the shot against Phoenix in 93. He made Steve Kerr a household name by passing the ball in 97 in game six and Kerr hitting that wide open shot. Right. So this, this, yes, he had help. He had shooters, but other than, oh, and I forgot Dennis Rodman, another NBA all-time 75 guy. Right. But you go back to LeBron, the argument that LeBron didn't have any help is garbage. LeBron joined a team with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh in their prime and they won. They won two chips. He then got teamed up with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and got a championship. Those are two all-stars and they surrounded LeBron James. Smart GMs will do this with LeBron James, surround him with shooters. Your James Jones, your Kyle Corvers of the world, um, guys like that. Then same thing with LA. Anthony Davis is no scrub. He's an all, he's a, a, a all NBA all-star player. So I think LeBron James had more help in getting him where he's at and winning than Michael Jordan did. So that dismisses the argument for me, but we can go on for days on this. But as of today, those are our goat picks. Uh, curious to see how where everybody else's goat pick is. Leave it in the comments here as we come here to a close on episode number 15, if you can believe it, Montana of well beyond the arc. And this isn't the only program where you can find us Montana. Let's talk just about uh, your other podcasts and how that's coming along. Yeah, definitely. So I have a show called The Connor and Heffernan Show. We're currently on Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music. We have been taking a break, but there's about six episodes up you can find on any of those platforms. And I'm also in the process of beginning that Lakers podcast. 
I don't know if I'm going to get it started before the season gets started, but I'm trying to get that thing started and that'll be, I'll plug that once that's available. So right now you can find those episodes on Spotify, Podbean and Amazon music, and then maybe something new in the near future. All right. Yeah. Be sure to check those out and uh, also be sure to check out my website. It's called the sports page blog.com. Been blogging for, geez, almost a year now. It's probably been about nine, 10 months. Just released my latest blog on the top 10 most disrespectful dunks from 2000 to 2009. There's even a little family guy flirted. So be sure to check it out again, the sports page blog.com blogs, trivia, and you can also find all the links to this uh, here podcast on YouTube um, well beyond the arc. And also, again, don't forget to subscribe to the Yankee and the Brit. Be sure to check out the other shows, um, especially with the NFL here in training camp and the season just around the corner. Uh, also have a great MMA show coming up for you tonight at 9 p.m., so please be sure to check it out. All right, well, thanks again for watching, everyone. Um, We'll catch you next time and uh, leave your goat picks in the comments. Tell us if we got it right. Tell us if we got it wrong. But those are our goats and we're sticking to it. See you.